Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. It's come out for Kane who scores! He always scores! Yeah, hi everyone, David Wiener with you once again for a big preview of the Euro 2020 final, Italy against England at Wembley. It does not get much bigger than this. Monday, 5am, Australian Eastern Standard Time on Optus Sport. Preview starting at 4am, but to get you in the mood, we've got a little preview for you to get you through till Monday. Michael Bridges, Thomas Sorensen, John Aloisi with me once again. Bridgie, have the nerves calmed down? How are you feeling? Is it coming home on Monday morning? There is one thing, Dave, I am very excited, and the other thing is it is definitely coming home. It's either going to be coming home or it's going to be going to Rome. So it's it's a massive, massive encounter. Two great teams, two good footballing nations in this Euros, and I'm really looking forward to it. We bigged up the semi-final as the Battle of Bridges and Sorensen, but the final is the Battle of Bridges and Aloisi. John, how are you feeling having witnessed the Denmark-England semi-final? Um, oh. I was just looking at, sorry, I was looking at the predictor. I've just overtaken <laughs> Heather Garriock. I'm happy with that. That's more exciting than my final. <laughs> That's tremendous. You couldn't, you wouldn't have lived that down. Anyway, about the final. Look, after watching uh, the way England played uh, against Denmark, I actually think it's going to be a tough, tough battle for Italy. The You know, the Italians were probably praying that it was going to go into extra time because they had that extra time against Spain. It would have taken a lot out of them, uh, that game against Spain, because they had to do a lot of chasing of the ball because Spain dominated possession. Um, and England, that first half, that, 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 that intensity was probably even higher than the Spanish game against Italy. So, you know, both sides are going to that a little bit fatigued. It's whether... Gareth Southgate will make any changes and whether the Italians will make any changes. I actually think it's pretty well matched. It's going to be even and tight. The fans will play a big part. There will also be a lot of Azzurri fans in there. So it's going to be some atmosphere. I think this one could go all the way into extra time as well. Uh, yeah, and this game is is probably the two most flexible teams we've seen at this uh, you know this tournament. You know they've played different formations, you know different players. They've been swapping and changing. They've got people on the bench who can come on and, and make a difference. So I think there's there's so many storylines in this, and obviously, you know Italy going on this massively impressive unbeaten run, thirty three games. Yeah, two and more, and it's a, a record. Well, it won't be. <laughs> the play in England, John. Yeah, and then in England, I've been really impressive. Like you know, we talked about on a you know previously, it's it's the team spirit that everything that Gareth South, Southgate has has done off the field got them together, showed against Denmark how they they came back, overcame that adversity, and and actually you know deserved to win. It's been a huge twenty four hours after the match that there has been a, a huge thing going on in England. There's a petition gone around. There is about. 29 million people have signed a petition to get the same referee that refereed the game against Denmark. 
because we want another penalty. <laughs> uh, look, it, it's uh, it's not only going to be exciting over there, it's going to be exciting all over the world yeah. because there's a lot of people that follow the English Premier League that know the, the English team, of course, um, a lot of their players, a lot of expats all over the world, as of course in Australia as well. And there's a lot of Italians. And we saw that, you know, with the celebrations on Ligon Street, the celebrations in Brisbane, in Adelaide, unfortunately not in here in Sydney at the moment because of lockdown. But uh, I, you couldn't ask for two bigger footballing nations in a European final. Oh, it's it's going to be amazing. Where's it won and lost then? I mean, I know it's hard in, in the wash-up of both these incredible semifinals. We're into game 51 of 51. I mean, what an extraordinary month we have had with, I mean, could the semifinals, could it deliver? Yes, they did. But to to weigh that all up, where will these ga- this game be won and lost? David, that, I don't think that question can be answered. I mean, John might have a better insight or Tommy than me. It's... It's won and lost, whether it's in the, the normal time with the goals that we've seen and Senior coming inside and being an absolute dynamic for them, like Sterling has been for England. Does it come in the left-back position? Spinazzola set it alight, then Emerson had to come in, unfortunately. Luke Shaw's been magnificent for England. And is it the quality that they both have off the bench? This is two very, very heavy squads. We've seen Italy being able to turn the game up. Southgate showed it against Denmark as well. It, it could come from absolutely anywhere. Who's going to have the strongest defence? Stones and Maguire have been amazing. Benucci and Chiellini, absolute leaders. The goalkeepers as well. They've Donnarumma, unfortunately, missed out on the Golden Glove. Pickford got him by one. I think Donnarumma's had an even better tournament than Pickford, but it's the Golden Goal. I don't, I don't know. I, it's I th- anywhere. I think it will be won or lost. Is uh, Two of the best players for England, and if they don't perform, they won't win, is Kane and Sterling. Well, you, you say they won't win. They could have other players that step up. But so far in this tournament, they've been the main two. They've been the match winners. The match winners, that's right. Whereas with the Italians, they've had different match winners. They've had different players step up on different occasions and that could help them. You know, the Italians haven't really got that number nine that's actually doing that well at the moment. But, um, you know, I look at Di Lorenzo in the semi-final at playing it right back. He was brilliant, but the game before against Doku, he struggled. Doku actually took him uh, and, and with his pace. Sterling's playing on that side. So that match up there is already one that you have to look at to see who gets the, the upper hand. Can uh, Bonucci and Chiellini take care of Kane? If Kane drops in, are they going to come out and make sure Kane doesn't turn? All these little factors are going to come into play. Yeah, but uh, they got a, a little bit of a taste of it with, with Olmo uh, for Spain, who dropped deep, and, and so, so they, they know what to do. I think the biggest loss is Spinazzola on, on that left side. You know, he, you know, Emerson you know, did a, an admirable job, I think, uh, but he has been a, a revelation with, with a few of the other, uh, you know, wing-backs and, uh, you know, his forward play, because I think Italy will play similar like they did against Spain, sit back a bit, be solid, and then try to hit it uh, on the break with, uh, you know, whoever, Berardi, Chiesa, uh, Insigne, and, and they're very, very smart. They're efficient. That's a fascinating point, though, about Olmo, because one thing that has improved for England through the tournament is it wasn't just Harry Kane dropping deep and you're thinking, hang on, England, what is their, what is their gaming? The crucial moment, a crucial moment today where he dropped in, you can see Saka getting in beyond, Sterling getting in beyond. So they've actually found that balance of how to use Kane coming in deep. And do you see any similarities to the issues Olmo caused Italy centre-backs with that kind of role? 
Yeah, I think so. But the only thing is with Kane, he's not as mobile in terms of like uh, Omo. Because Omo, when they did follow him in, because he was so mobile, he was able to actually turn and, and, you know, get away from those bigger bodies. I think Kane might be better suited for Bonucci and Chiellini because they're a bit taller, stronger. They might like playing against Kane because you saw what they did with Lukaku. Of course, different type of player. But, um, you know, we haven't even spoken about the midfield. We haven't spoken about, you know, Jorginho, Barella, Verratti, uh, you know, Locatelli, uh, Piscina that can come on against, you know, Calvin Phillips, Mount. Declan and, Rice. And Declan Rice. You know, that, that's that's Anderson. another. If, if that midfield battle, whoever wins that midfield battle, because I thought Spain won the midfield battle yesterday in the semi-final. I thought that's where Italy probably got let down. They they weren't at their best. They need to be at their best if they want to beat England. Big call, I'm going to say. This game is going to go all the way to penalties and the hero the hero will be either goalkeeper. Oh. Interesting. Interesting. Oh, I can see that happening. It's ri- and that's, what, that's just written in the storyline, right? Yeah, because yeah. You, know, you look at a pitch, I, I think, you know, Italy tick with a goalkeeper. I think they got an advantage there. Striker, Immobile, uh, you know, he hasn't been great. You know, I I said on the other day, I I've you know I campaigned a little bit for Belotti mm. to start because I think he's just been better at holding up the ball and and uh, more pressing up up front. Um, so so England got a, a an advantage there and Kane. Just just on that one, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Mancini does something different. I wouldn't be surprised as he did a little bit in that second half against uh, Belgium. And I'm not saying that he will definitely, but because Immobile hasn't been playing as well, you know, maybe he might put Insigne in central and, and drop him in that, that midfield a little bit, that false nine, because that caused Spain a few issues. And then have, because Berardi looked like he was, he was you know, back in his form again, like he was at the beginning of the tournament. Kiers has been outstanding since he's come into the starting eleven. That might be the way that they might actually try and unlock lock England's defence. Do you get any uh, uh, hope, or not hope, a consolation, Bridgio, when you look at the tactics and you say, who wins the midfield battle? It's going to be so tight. And Spain didn't cash in. If Italy aren't, if it's a similar sort of early tempo to what they had in that game and England dominate that, that tempo, England's weapons could be more efficient than Spain's were. I think the Italian midfield has far more quality on the ball, the way they shift the ball quicker. I believe Calvin Phillips and Declan Rice do an incredible job of breaking down the defence, being the, the link between to switch the play and the point of attack. But I think the dynamics of the Italian midfield is far more dangerous going forward because uh, against Spain, they got they got outdone, they got outplayed. Pedri, um, Busquets and Koke were absolutely magnificent. However, I, I just feel if it's the front three players and it's the England front three players that get on the ball more rather than the midfield, we've, we've got a chance. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. I actually think you'll see a different uh, Italian side than the, against Spain. I actually think you'll see Italy play more on the front foot this game. Uh, they tried against Spain. They just couldn't get hold of the ball. They just couldn't. When they did press them in the first half, Spain were just good enough to play through them. I don't think England has the same quality as Spain to actually play in those tight areas, yeah. like Bridgie said. So I think we'll see a different Italian side. And that's what makes this so interesting, because what's been England's strength slash 
unknown about them up until here is they were in control so early on, but could they come out and do it? Well, if they'll be happy, I would think, to a certain extent, because they know how to absorb and control and hit on the counter. So that's what makes it so interesting. We're going to see something completely different to what we saw in the semifinals. I think we might see a little bit more like the German game. Yeah. You know, Germany dominated the possession. Germany probably had the better of the chances, and then England caught them out a couple of times. So I think it might be that sort of game that uh, we could see on Monday morning. The battle between the managers is going to be a big part of this, not just tactically. We've spoken about it tactically, but personality-wise. Gareth Southgate against Roberto Mancini. A word on Mancini from you, John. A word on Southgate from you, Bridgie. And then you get to play the adjudicator today, Tom. Um, But Mancini's what he's done with this team at this point. We've spoken about it a lot, but it is a key part of this build-up to the final. Look, we've spoken about it. We've spoken about not only the 2018 side that didn't qualify for the World Cup. You go even further back in 2014, England and Italy in the same group. Actually, Italy beat England 2-1. They both didn't get out of the group. You know, which is strange in itself. Those two powerful nations, footballing nations, couldn't get out of their group. So Italy had been on a sliding slope for a period there. Mancini's come in and gone, I don't care about names. I've got a way of playing. I know which players can play in those positions. And he's given 35 debuts to to players. They're not at big clubs. It's Sassuolo and, you know, other Atalanta, these clubs that aren't like a Juventus or Inter Milan. And then he's got them believing in the system, believing in what he's doing. He's got that group together that they believe in each other. 33 games unbeaten since... They didn't qualify in 2018. They haven't lost since 2018, September, which is uh, frightening in itself. So what he's done is incredible. It's never been done in Italy before. Now he needs to go on and win a trophy to go up there with one of the top managers in Italian football. So for me to explain Southgate, all you need to do is repeat everything John has just said there, but take out undefeated in 33 games. They've got the same dynamics. They've given other players opportunities. They don't mind changing it up. System-wise, personnel-wise, he's the most successful English manager in my lifetime. The only thing Mancini has over Southgate, they both look immaculate when they're dressed. The Italians always do. Southgate, thankfully, got rid of the waistcoat. He still looks great, but Mancini has got the looks as well. Unfortunately, Southgate is not Southgate is not blessed with the greatest face, but the camaraderie... So that's why that Italy will team. win the final. Yeah. Fortunately, <laughs> that will not decide the final. No, exactly. But everything John said, they are so matched together, these managers, these teams. It's incredible, the similarities. I think uh, they're both given either team identity. I think, you know... I think the difference is that Mancini has given them a clear playing identity with a 4-3-3 which he plays all the time, where Southgate has chopped and changed. and But the way they've constructed their squads, you know, the, the togetherness, the team spirit, um, very similar. Uh, and, and, you know, I think it, for this tournament, that's been the strength. That's, that's the teams that's risen to the top. It's the ones that have, you know, had that uh, clear identity. And, and uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to really, they're different but it's hard to separate them. Because yeah, England's identity might not necessarily be a playing one, but you just know they are representing their country more than ever before. And actually, must give a shout out, there's a, a fabulous read for anyone that hasn't read it on the Off The Sport app where you spoke to Jake Rosengarten about the culture of the England team and how it's evolved. And it was amazing inside Bridget. And, and I will say the, that, that thing with the Liverpool-Man United dynamics, how there was a lot of players from each group, there was a lot of Alex Ferguson hated the Manchester United players mixing with other um, players from that. There's also not a drinking culture in this team. I've been on. I've been involved in a lot of English um, trips of twenty ones and eighteens and things. There was Jamie Carragher and Jody Morris got sent home from one of the trips. We got caught out um, in a bar 
in our England tracksuits on it when you're representing. That culture has been got rid of. This young generation of boys, Kane doesn't drink. There, you know, there's a lot of the others in there that don't drink. I think Henderson's another one. It's a very, very good athletic culture, and that that was a big thing that England had a stigma around. Hopefully, they celebrate the win. And one of the two of them have a beer, but it, I just think that, that the dynamics inside is down to Southgate and the men and but the professionalism of the players. Both men have proved the point too. Everyone forgets, Matt, so Mancini's record in Serie A in the Premier League was amazing, but he's been a bit of a journeyman. So it's almost been a perfect synergy, a redemption for Italy and, and an individual one for them too. Italy and Mancini needed each other more than they probably realised. Yeah, they did because since the Man City days, he's ended up going to Galatasaray and a few, and you know, everyone thought that he'd, down and out, you know, he was on the, he was coming down. He wasn't going to be coaching anymore at that top level. So yeah, Italy needed him, and he needed Italy. And what I love about it is that you know, there's a lot of Italians got the nostalgia, the you know, the fact factor. You'd say that he's not only Mancini who played in the 1990 World Cup, played for the Italian national team. He's brought in Viali, who's a, a legend of Italian football. He's got Ivani as one of his um, assistant coaches, another legend of Italian football. Then you've got Attilio Lombardo, another legend of Italian football. Uh, Giuseppe uh, De Rossi, another legend. And he's brought them into that camp. And you go, you know, they're players that played in major tournaments for Italy. And the actual Italian supporters and the Italian public love it. They love not only seeing their players, they love seeing their old players there celebrating just like they've won the World Cup, you know, from the first game, the way they celebrated together. After every game, it, it, you know, they, they're saying it's important to celebrate every win, not just when you win the, the tournament. And so I, I really enjoy watching the way they celebrate and, uh, and enjoy themselves. And I'm just looking forward. I've got to go back to the start of the tournament. We've had Carl Robinson, the Welsh dragon we saw him off. He got knocked out of the tournament. We've seen Heather Garriock, who's been in. She was going for the French, obviously, with her partner. We've seen her off. We've had Luke Wilkshire, the Russian. We've seen him off. Thomas Sorensen. Oh, wait, wait, wait. You forgot about Hungary. Oh, yeah, Dave Wiener. Sorry, I forgot about Dave Wiener and the Hungarians. We, we saw you off. We Schwarzer? got rid of Schwarzer and the Germans. We've seen them off. Scotland, Ish. Scotland Maury. with Ish and um, Murray and with Scott MacDonald. Yes, yeah, Scott We've McDonald. seen them off. And uh, uh, Malta. I oh, didn't qualify. Well, didn't qualify. <laughs> Thomas Sorensen. There was three left. Thomas Sorensen. We've seen him off before I get punched. It goes down to two. Goes down to Aloisi and myself. And um, I'm hoping that we see off Aloisi as well. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. The player of the tournament is probably going to come from this final. Um, if it goes either way, Raheem Sterling would probably be a leading contender. Contender. If Jorginho is going to win the Golden Boot, Bridgie, he's going to have, a, have to have a pretty good final. Um, who's going to be? You've spoken. We've all spoken about where it'll be won and lost and so on. But who is the the key storyline, the key protagonist in this game? Oh, there's many storylines. I, I think that if Sterling and Kane play like they're playing and perform, England probably win it. And um, and I think Sterling will be player of the tournament if if they can keep them quiet and dominate the midfield uh, and Jorginho play because he didn't play as well mm. against Spain he, he he struggled on the ball because the Spanish just swarmed around him if he can play to his strength and like he was playing the majority of the tournament then Jorginho will probably win it and Italy will win so it's it's that finer line between both sides. I would say for me, you know, Donnarumma, I can't wait for the goalkeeping battle because he's been immense. He can't win play of the tournament, Donnarumma. Ooh. Oliver Kahn won it for hey. a, a World Cup, but they you didn't know, even win it. Could, do, could, they, do they give it after the final? Could he win? Yeah, it decided? I think they've nah, changed it now, yeah. So you're saying Donnarumma could win the play of the tournament and Pickford gets the golden glove for the most clean sheets? Yeah, but... 
That, that, that's a token. Uh, that's not really yeah, one goalkeeping. Are you saying it's that Donnarumma's going to win Ballon d'Or? No, I'm oh. definitely not. <laughs> no, no, Jorginho's got that. I told you. Hey, there's a, the Spanish journalist has just be, been uh, having a chat with Michel Escobar. He said the same as me. Yeah, no, again, um, you know, I think Jorginho, for me, I think it's been immense in that midfield and, and, and how he stepped up in that, you know, semi-final and how he calm he was. He panicked for the penalty, didn't he? Yeah, he panicked <laughs> and he just closed his eyes and uh, <laughs> and hoped for the best. And you know my thoughts, um, jo- Jorginho or Sterling, but I still think that Tommy's mentioned the two goalkeepers, Donnarumma, Pickford, penalties, one of, one of them is going to be a hero. That's, that's Interesting. The, um, any is there anything that has glaring concerns for either of you about your team? We've spoken about the weakness of the strengths, where it's going to be won or lost, how it could dictate. Is there anything that gives you the nerves before the game? I, I'll go with that. Um, Sterling, it, it gives me it gives the Italian defence nerves for sure, because it's very hard to stop someone like him when he's in good form. You, the only thing you can do is stop him uh, when he gets on the ball that he doesn't face you up and doesn't turn. So don't give him that space. But uh, if you know the others around him are getting the ball and they've got time and space and he's making forward runs, you can't stop him because he's so quick and he, because he's that low centre of gravity, he can change direction very quickly. He he He's from the English side. He's the one that uh, actually I think that the Italians would be getting nervous about. On the Italian side, the, what I'm getting nervous about in terms of we haven't got a striker in terms like Immobile hasn't been great. Belotti yeah, has been a bit better, but Belotti hasn't scored a goal yet. I think that's a little bit of a worry as well. And so do you, if you're England, double up? If you're worried about Sterling, you're worried about Saka too? Is that who, who goes in, in an unchanged 11? I would say so, yeah. I mean, listen, we don't know what Southgate... He, he can change up. Yeah, he's, he made a, he's made a few ones where you've gone, whoa, hang on a minute. Um, and I think with Saka being in there today, there was also that luxury that they could have done and put Walker as three centre-halves. Um, and had Shaw and Saka as as wing backs. Um, the thing that worries me about Whitley is the midfield. The does three it, in midfield. Does it a less rest worry you or not? <laughs> yes and no. I still think England look very fresh in that yeah. extra time. Denmark looked done. Well, I looked at France. They looked done when they were when their game went to extra time. I looked at the Italians. I think they looked a little bit more underdone than what I saw England finish. England looked super strong, by the way, in that extra time. Sterling was... Sterling was 120 Tom. minutes. Tommy <laughs> looked at me when he did that yeah. run down the wing and he was still going. Yeah. The only other thing that worries me is my waistline, Dave. Lockdown's <laughs> been horrible because all we've been doing is eating. you got a couple of days to get, to get into your jersey. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Good stuff. Guys, thanks so much for your time today. We cannot wait for Sunday. Bridgie, Thomas, John, we've had an unbelievable month and I sense there's one more epic day for the Euros to come and if you listen to this before the Copper America I bet there's two more epic days to come of course the final is Sunday 10am on Optusport. Gents, thank you so much everyone out there listening, thank you for your company throughout the tournament and until the next episode of the Gagapod, the final one for the season. Enjoy your football. are on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.